Ladies and gentlemen, episode number 63. This is going to be like a general conversation. I don't have a title for this just yet. Mm-hmm. But I wanted, this is myself, Dietrich Davis. And Mark Morell. And um, this was a theme song I thought Mark should have had. You came out to some theme music that I didn't think matched you at the time. I forget what it was. I had a whole bunch of theme songs. It man. was the one you used towards the show I had produced to present to Network TV. Ah, that's for what that I was, company. I We're think, not going to say that company's name. Oh, that's when I was coming out to that remix of uh, The Champ is Here, blah, blah, blah. Right, right, right. And in that, I said, there's a stronger theme song for Mark. And I've had, sat on this for years. And I just found it. And I put it in my notes to play it for you. Well, you know, as my babyface days, I used to come out to soul music. So Yeah, that and that shit, band, too, man. killed me. I was like, this nigga, he's, he's, he's hurting the Mark, Mark Knight gimmick. But anyway, this is a theme song. It's called War. By the Hypnotic Brass Assembly. I just thought this was good. And the the theme is called War. Ladies and gentlemen, let me hit you with this before we start the show. Yeah, Mark, that's the fee music I thought you should have always had. Um, your job, should you choose to accept it? <laughs> is to find the fee music? Is the, is, is the give me that shit. <laughs> yeah, I was sending it to you ASAP. I, I, I bumped across that years ago. Yeah, that shit is dope, man. And I always man. felt that you was always coming out to the wrong music. And I heard this somewhere. And I said, holy shit, that would be perfect for Mark. And I always forgot. And it took me years to find it again. But I knew to hit him in the tin. I just broke it down to someone who listened to electric jazz. And I know you're a big jazz fan. You right. like that saying. You came out with the soul music, and then you came out with this. And I said, shit, he needs, it looks like there's more than one belt under there. It looks like he needs um, just, <laughs> look at these guys. When are they going to unveil this belt? We're watching Monday Night Raw Live, even though this episode will air on a Friday. Um, but it anyhow. Looks cir- it looks circular. I thought it looked sharp for a second. Damn, I need that picture at the bottom. You know, we need that. Yeah. It, <laughs> so I'm just anyhow. saying, it looks circular. It's it's a round belt, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. I think it's boxes. I think it's angled. The way when he first came out, the way it was pressed against him. Yeah. But anyway, moving forward, you know, it, by the time this episode comes, the belt will be debuted what it is. Long story short. Uh, and as we say, green belts always look fucking dope. As we called when we was recording, talking about Saudi Arabia, which Braun should be walking around with that championship right now. Fucking around. Why don't they bring back, why don't they just introduce that as the Saudi Arabia championship? <laughs> why not? Introduce, if you're going to go into every market, introduce it. But moving forward, um, oh. let's not acknowledge what's on the screen. Let's actually, let's get some yeah, work done. Let's do this. Let's do this. So me and you, I don't know what I'm going to categorize this show just yet, but we were talking earlier today about the product and 
not being given chances and this, that, and the other. And I think I discovered what I believe okay. is the issue. Um, about people not being in the right position. I gave you the theory. I explained to you the Iron Man situation with mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's that? Uh, what, 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 when you was breaking down to me how, like, when you watch, well, what's the two actors' movie? names? Oh, we, I was comparing. You was comparing uh, Terrence Howard. Terrence and, Howard and uh, who plays Iron Man again? Um, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. So when you look at them. That original part was supposed to move over to Terrence Howard. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in wrestling, the reason why we haven't gotten that next big character, because we get something once a generation. Right. And for that first, for the generations before, it was Flair, who was that larger than life, sell out everything. And he had a great set of co-stars by mm-hmm. Steamboat and whoever it was, Sting, or Dusty or Sting. Blanchard. Those were all great. Right. Yeah. Sub characters that evolved around the call off on all these guys. Yeah, yeah, that evolved around this superstardom Mm -hmm. of Ric Ric Flair. Flair. And let's not front, Ric Flair carried the boat. Mm -hmm. And then came Hogan. And technically, Flair was becoming an old guy and Hogan was becoming a new guy. Mm -hmm. And Hogan created Hulkamania Live with his 30 million viewers here and this, that, and the other. And he also had a great he also had a great number of characters in support for him too. Sheik Piper. Andre, the whole eighties, yeah, was designed around who goes up against Hogan. You were hired, exactly, based off of giving Hogan a job spot, you mm-hmm. know, a job or position, right? So when you sit back and you look at shit like that and you start to balance it, then comes Austin, a guy who wasn't allowed to have a T-shirt, mm-hmm. and I want people to bear with me as we we go into this in, in great detail, and no one else. You could have had that. We've had many scenarios where the promoter has been the guy in the ring. We've seen it with the Ganyas. We've seen it with every. The name can go on and yeah. on and on. We can mention fifty names and in the rundown, the list of names is irrelevant. It's in the research, right? But when you sit back and you think about it, Steve Austin has some of the worst angles in wrestling. And I and you heard me say that. I said this is going to sound a little repetitive. His first two his first two runs was against Mick Foley, and when he was do love and when he was mankind. What's the other, mankind that program didn't work technically kane went in the wwe championship we've seen this before where a champion gets a belt just because but austin was the right actor and performer at the time and sometimes it takes a person who is not just lightning in a bottle which a championship win can simply be lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. sometimes it takes a person who knows how to seize a moment that's greater in time. And we've had Vince be beat up by by Triple H and The Rock. It didn't look as good. No. It wasn't as intense. Austin got screwed, Brett got screwed over by Vince and still became Austin's greatest feud. Mm -hmm. There was no feud in Brett versus uh, McMahon. McMahon. It wouldn't have worked. No. But this anti-establishment character based off of what was happening in the world. We take guys like John Cena. Vince has tried a thousand times to do that rap gimmick. It has not worked. And you you may say, well, you know, because of Eminem. Eminem was already on the outs at that moment. When you sit back and you look at this, how many times have that gimmick has been performed and it finally worked? And Cena was the right actor and the right job. Just like try to put Terrence Howard and fucking Training Day 
Against, and and yeah. then let him be that actor with the same movie, same script, same budget. It will be work. fucked over. But it wouldn't uh, work. But allow me to say this, right? Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk about the we'll talk about the rap gimmick, right? So here you had in that time you had Men on a Mission, mm-hmm. right? That didn't work. You had um, PG thirteen being a part of the Nation of Domination rap gimmick that mm-hmm. didn't work. Rikishi too cool that worked. But it's still, hold on, Rakishi worked. Too Cool was over, but it technically didn't sell, it didn't work. But it was Rikishi that helped put put those guys on the map, right? Then you you have R-Truth who comes out busting rhymes for his theme music. But he was never billed as the, it wasn't a rap character. He just, he he did themed rap. But you you know what, but I'm going to give that to you. Let's put that, we can put him in that category. So then you have other, then, then you got others like Public Enemy. They did a hip hop gimmick. You know what I mean? They were supposed to be mention? Dust, but did, did we mention what's his name in them? Uh the the late uh what's what's this big motherfucker? You had the Samoan SWAT team. No, I'm talking about rappers. I'm talking about what's his name? Um You had Public Enemy that was almost like a rap group. I mentioned um Men on a Mission. I mentioned them. Oh, you know who I'm talking about. Men on a mission, right. right. So you had those guys. So when you sit back and you look at these things and you look at these elements, Steve Austin, I think people are looking to find justifications for re- reinventing the wheel. And I think going into the 2020, we need to realize there's no such thing in this business as re- re- reinventing a wheel. It just does not work. It's not realistic. Everything is rehashed. Right. Everything everything is borrowed. Everything is um, take it's sampled. Right. right, so I want to... Everything sampled from one thing to another. Now, let me get to the point that I'm trying to make was was which this whole show is based off of. Um, This show is going to come out on a Friday, but we're recording it watching Monday Night Raw. Now, I've watched every Raw recently from 2000, from 1996 to 2004. Mm-hmm. You know what I learned that WWE was? It's a polished product. Right. And when something is so polished, every piece of talent that comes on that screen are even more polished talents. Mm-hmm. Even the rookie that comes in is being polished at the time, OVW, FCW, and now NXT, NXT Performance Center. And the product is so polished that we are not realizing that television has become more progressive, pro- progressively progressive aggressive mm-hmm. the same shit that they're doing on raw tonight which we're recording on this monday which the show will air on friday has still been happening since the first episode of monday night raw right bad gimmicks good gimmicks some gimmicks work some gimmicks don't but the problem with the situation is is that we're not realizing that we'll never get the attitude era back again no simply because we are living in the same incarnations of these attitude errors the attitude era is the same as the new generation, it just was Brett. Yeah, he's killing this slow motion, but let's not acknowledge that. Yeah, that's hard. But but you know what? You know he got that from, right? I'm not gonna say that because I'm, I'm, he's been doing that on live shows. Yeah, he's doing it on live shows. I'm talking about. But I'm just saying. two years ago when he was, they was in the colors still. Okay. So I'm not gonna give that to. Uh, let's not acknowledge the screen, Mark. Okay. Well, I'm just <laughs> Mark saying. Mark is why he can't focus on the show. I can focus on the show, brother. That's what's happening there does not exist, <laughs> right? So. When you look at that again, we're comparing guys who are not comparing it. Okay. You know, let's like let's let's point out. You just compared him to you just compared the Usos to 
the Gorillas of Destiny. That's a slow motion dance that's done in hip hop in general. Right. This nigga just was crawling on the floor. What's his name is doing a slow motion walk, which you know how hard that is to do in it's dance. It's very, it's very hard. Right. So we again, we just compared a wrestler. You just compared one wrestler to another. Because set. like you know what it is, because I see the familiarity to it. That Ooh. was the only reason why I, you know, I was like, but oh what wow. What if it's you know? not? What if it's just that was a dance move, and he's dating a woman, who's a dancer. Well. Yeah, he's married to. He's a married to a woman right? that's a dancer. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. We can hurt wrestlers by comparing them, by personal comparisons, by not having factorial comparisons. Okay, so now, so I see your point with that. You get what I'm saying? So because that's a dance, I've seen that dance move a thousand times. Right. But now these guys are getting so comfortable and they're so over that they can do indie shit, the shit that they would be doing mm-hmm. at the house shows. They're bringing it to the. They're bringing it into the live shows, and now. that's the stuff that you kind of need to see on television so that people can be like, oh, "Okay, that's them. But, that's their thing. That's their niche." But what happens now when that moment now created a problem with the creative in the back? Not even creative. With the people like Heinz Ketchup who just paid for that commercial. We Mark. see there's a lot of control that we don't realize. And I think people don't realize if you look at this current WWE product and the point I'm going back to, and you compare it, what we're looking at it right now is the attitude era find polished. Okay. Technically, all they removed was blood. A hardcore championship and the letter F. Yeah, but we're looking at such a fine polished product that people are looking for something new and you're getting that new but a polished product now AEW doesn't have the punishment of creating a polished product because we they don't have the networks we have AEW has to be one year old mm-hmm. on TNT for us to get a definition of what this product is starting is, to look right. like. Right. You know, it has to be polished. It has to be the network arguments, what they don't like, advertising right. arguments. A lot of people say, oh, I don't understand how this is going to get worked when these guys at AEW are independent. Don't nobody know them. Hold on. But hold on. I'm, I'm about to, and the reason why I say that, right? Mm-hmm. Marcus Alexander Bagwell said, I don't know who these guys are. Yeah, but he's out and of I'm, date and he don't pay attention. Of course, but that's what that's what it is. If I don't know them, you don't know them, they're small. That's what it is. They're not relevant. This is what this is what Bagwell says. Yeah. So we're going in two different direct directions of the what I'm trying to point out. So they need Do you know when Vince became part of the network? No. It wasn't until 2011, 2010. Vince got the same deal TNT got. You will get We'll produce your show. We'll give you this. We'll give you that. But we will not pay for everything else. We only pay for one section. So this is the same contract Vince had since the early 80s. Okay. Nothing's new. Everyone thinks, oh, my God, they're getting this deal split. They're splitting advertisements. Vince has did that for 30 years. It'll take them 30 years to get out that scenario. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at a fine polished product. And then what we have are the indie scenes trying to create a fine polished product with limited money with certain things Vince has 16 million viewers 2 to 3 million on a rollabout the rest of the situation has to come through through streaming and this that and the other right. when you sit back and you look at that the numbers are officially there's only 40,000 um, New Japan watchers, right? Right. Now, let me give you a t- TV wrestler and reference. I mean, uh, something that a lot of people don't know. You know who the Breakfast Club is. Of course. 
Ask me how many people listen to Breakfast Club every morning. I would probably say like maybe a million people. 15,000. What? 15,000. 10 to a good friend of mine is a homie, an associate. He knows who I am. We, we, we rock out. He'll tell you I play no games. Mm-hmm. Troy Terrain, a.k.a. Star. Right. A.k.a. Star and Buck Wild, because if you don't know, both names belong to him. Mm-hmm. Me and him have had this conversation over dinner. And I don't name drop too many times, but sometimes you got to talk your source. And we have both found out and know that they only have 15,000 listeners in the morning. And they're played on every network Throughout in every state. Right. They're played in 50 states live every morning. They pre-record this. But their YouTube channel sometimes will get a million views. Mm-hmm. It shows you the market, maybe people again... The argument you will hear JD and them say, you know, it's not about ratings, it's not about this. But maybe we need to understand that the market is like I said when we first started the show. Yes, piece of it is TV ratings, but it's content. So of the so of the Breakfast Club, which is a world known TV uh, uh, program and uh, a radio program, only has fifteen thousand morning listeners, with fifty states combined. But a million plus views, sometimes under that, on the YouTube channel. I think we need this thing of doing that fucking what you call it. I'm I can't with these niggas. What's that one leg dance those kids are doing? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah you see you see ball. it in school. Yeah. So when you look at that, I, I, when you look at these, I things, do that dance at school. Yeah. <laughs> with so the kids. so when you look at this shit and you start to realize where. It's not as many viewers on everyone else that we know about. Mm-hmm. And I think professional wrestling, we want better programs. We want better storylines. And this conversation comes from me and Mark talking about how, Mark, you were saying earlier that you would like a better better writing. I mean, and I think the writing is the same. These are the same storylines they've been running for 50 fucking years. I, and some of them are more aggressive. But the problem is, what if the right performers are not in the right places for each storyline. And that's what you have to yeah, you're put right. them through the TV but I roller also, coaster to right. figure out. But I also feel, too, is that you got to let them be organic. You kind of got to let them either sink or swim. But you got to kind of let them stand on their own and and and, 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 nur- and either be nurtured or flourish or flop. So this is where I think you're, you and a lot of people are catching the disconnect. You know where that time is at? Their performance center. NXT is that time to perform and flop. Because by the time you're done in the performance center, you are well polished and they're saying you're ready for TV. Or you have begged and said, I am well polished. I am ready for television. So the performance center is for you to discover this character. And then when you get on TV, you can either sink or swim. But if WWE gives you a 13-minute match two four-minute promos, and then YouTube time to do more shit. You have more, some guys, some guys have more time than a little bit. Now, if it's not working, because as, as Monday Night Raw is playing or SmackDown is playing, I don't think people understand how many millions of dollars is moving around this circuit of three hours on two shows. Okay, so now, tell well, me. Well, five hours, excuse so, me. So you tell me, right? <clears throat> If you bring a talent up from NXT right. to the main roster, mm-hmm. 
and you have main roster talent writers, main the creative for the main roster, who may or may not have ever taken the time to sit up and to watch NXT and see. Let's assume they don't, because obviously okay, it's been proven that they do. Okay, uh, we're, okay, we're gonna we're gonna assume and allegedly state that they don't, right? You take a team like the War Raiders, mm-hmm. you bring them up. They're the NXT Tag Team Champions. Well, they relinquished the NXT Tag Belts. Right. Right? They were the Tag Team Champions. You bring them up after Mania, after having a stellar match at NXT TakeOver. Mm-hmm. You bring them in. You give them a hokey, goofy-ass name, the Viking Experience. Mm-hmm. Then, weeks later, you change their names again. To the Viking Raiders. To the Viking, a week later. Ra- to the Viking Raiders. And then you change them to the... Well, after that, they were what? The Viking Warriors, then they were the Viking Raiders. They were the, No, they were the Viking Experience and Viking then the War Raiders. Okay. And then the Viking Raiders. It was just two name switches. Yeah, so it's like, my thing is, who comes up with that? Last call, as has been documented, Vince McMahon. So, And, and then last week, mm-hmm. you know, Asuka and um, Kari Sane. The P- Kabuki Warriors. Kabuki Warriors. Great, guess what? Again, it comes down to one approval. We don't know. Remember with Stone Cold, you know, Stone Cold, I liked his podcast now because he exposes so much. Mm-hmm. He said they gave, they they faxed him a list. Of all the names that they of wanted. Of 20 names. It was when his wife said, don't let your tea get Stone Cold. And was that name on the list? No. And so it comes to happen. So if you don't have those moments, so you got to understand the Stone Cold element of this unleashing a superstar that moment comes from accidents and being able to hear shit when you're not even thinking. Because that, how many times have he, she probably said to him, don't let your tea get stone cold. He's married to an English woman. She always made tea for him when he got home. Mm-hmm. So how many times have he heard, don't let the tea get stone cold? Numerous and then, times. And then it registered. And like, then it registered the one time where he's like, Jesus Christ, son, look at these fucking names they're sending me. Mm-hmm. This shit is horrible. So when you sit there like the Iceman and this, and they're, not, and they're going off of Stone Cold as being allowed to flourish and boom, because he goes, yeah, I just watched this documentary about this killer mm-hmm. called the Iceman. They said, okay, we're going to base these names off of what you described to us. Right. So when it comes down to names and shit like that, that now comes down to final decision. Because there's no way, yo, Mark, they have to get to Avengers Endgame was 40 something writers. Mm hmm. 40 something writers has created over $60 billion in television and film profit. Right. Some of those same guys who's worked on those blockbuster films are working in the WWE today. So it's not that, it's, and Hollywood writing has been a part of wrestling since Dusty Rhodes took the book. Right. He based off his writing, off of Hollywood writing. Mm-hmm. So when you sit back and you look at those things, so when you sit back and you look at those things, I'm sorry I got interrupted by a text message. When you sit back and you look at those things, we can we can blame, people can blame Hollywood writing, but it's always been there since 79. Okay, I see your point with that. But I mean, here, here, here's the deal, right? Mm-hmm. So you got, you got these Hollywood writers, and you got these, you got these um, wrestling agents putting together um, ideas and concepts and angles for these. Yeah, matches, the agents right? work with the wrestlers on the match. The writers write the stories. Vince approve who goes out to what. I think it comes down to Vince McMahon. 
because there was a time when Vince went in front of the whole roster and said, I'm out of date. I'm sorry. Let's get updated. You know, can I tell you a story? Sure. And I'm gonna mention, I'm gonna be because I wanna get I wanna get Hannibal on the line to talk about this contract stuff. You know what piece of advice I got? If you wanna get something through the vents, I'm gonna let you know something now. You can't say it to him. What? How do I talk to him? Put it in writing. Vince reads better than he listens. Okay. So if I got a great piece of advice to write out all of my ideas and present it, when he reads it, he might come to me in the morning and go, you know what? I don't like this, this, and this, but I like this. Because Vince is taking in so much. He's been taking about, he's been listening to 50 people <clears throat> to 100 for, people for the last... since 1980-something. Right. You get what I'm saying? Since 1980-something, he's been listening to 50 to 60 people. I think what we have is a generation of millennials who complain and bitch about it because they don't understand what it takes to do this. So what if, what if, what if Vince just needs to be moved out the way? And then, because we got Hollywood writers on NXT, we complaining about their storylines? Not one bit. No. The NXT put on a show the night before, two nights before WrestleMania and was labeled the real WrestleMania. Yeah. Now, think of it like this. Look at who had, look at, besides those writers, look at who Triple H has down there helping him put shit together, not only for the talent inside the ring, yeah, mainly for the talent inside the ring. You got Michael Cole, you got Shawn Michaels, you got um, Steve Carino, you have um, Sarah Del Rey, you have all these people, William Regal, um, um, what's my man, um, Smiley, you have all these fine tuning talent left and right. And when they go out there and they produce and they perform, they're doing a bang up fucking job. And the same shit's going on in the UK with um, Nigel McGuinness and um, uh, what was, uh, what's my man's name, Johnny Saint. They're right. doing the same shit. They're doing the same. The so sa so in the same form. But NXT over there. UK and NXT America both are star stellar shows. That if you put that on Monday night, the ratings are still going to be the same. You know what the problem is? People don't realize. And that's another thing I want to bring up. Not only do you have Hollywood writers, you have Vince, and I've said this a thousand times, you have Vince who does not understand that he is competing, and I'm going to go to Channel 52 to show you, he is competing against the number one show in America, Love and Fucking Hip Hop, which books a fight better than anything, and they don't show a fight. Mona Scott should become... A writer on the WWE because she has a team of people putting together not storylines but putting people in improv to scenarios and using a little bit of real elements. Mm -hmm. What Vince is not she does realizing, angles. huh? She does angles. Well, the angles are based off of the people' life. I, mm -hmm. As a person who turned down the first season and they put that fat guy in there, I didn't know Samaya Reese. Who the fuck am I to look at a music producer? You niggas is crazy. You get what I'm saying? So when you sit back. It, when you sit back and you look at this shit and you start to process a lot of all of this, another thing p fans are not re recognizing, you might be a wrestling fan or a wrestling supporter, because I'm not a fan, I'm a supporter. <laughs> Fuck, a f I'm not a fan, a fan of none of you. I'm just... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, but I, 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 I say this respect with, with all due 
of, of knowledge of being in television and understanding contracts and being a part of contracts and writing contracts, mm-hmm. I think people do not realize how much television is in the world. There's a lot. Vince it's- has been number 18 for the first couple of years of Monday Night Raw. He was number 18 until WCW boomed. Mm-hmm. He moved from number 18 to number one only two years after WCW. Right. You get what I'm saying? But there was less television. There's one. There's 998 channels now. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, if you had all 97 channels, you was the man. Right. Remember that shit? Yeah. If you had all 97 channels, you was the fucking man. He had a great so fucking package for like 100 bucks. He forced Monday Night to move over, right, for less than that. Like seven. Remember at the time, now a good package is 200. Uh, our, our, our cable bill is 256. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to reduce some of that shit. Right. You know, we have everything short of the Playboy channel. I don't even know. We got the sports package. I don't even watch fucking sports. You get what I'm saying? So when you sit back and you look at these things, and you're processing it. I don't think we realize how much television. I don't think we realize we have the internet, where the internet was a treat to us in the early. Remember, yeah. nigga, 1995, we were still using dial-up. Yes, I remember getting AOL CDs and putting them in computers and getting that first three months. 1995, I didn't even have a fucking computer. Yo, my mom's. We had a computer. We was using dial-up, blocking up the phone line. She goes, after 10 o'clock, you can use the phone line. By 5 a.m., my my phone better be ringing again. Mm-hmm. So think about it. Between 95. In 2000, the internet was all dial-up. Yep. Then you got dedicated extra phone lines in your crib. Mm-hmm. And then all of these things started taking place. High-speed internet didn't get introduced until 2004. Yep. The internet is still in its infancy for public, for the conspiracy theorists people, mm-hmm. for public consumption. It's still in its infancy. It's just over 20-something years old. Mm-hmm. And you still got a problem loading a fucking page up. Yep. So now you have 900 wrestling podcasts. You have 200 wrestling review shows going on one minute after this shit goes on on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We're recording three episodes a fucking day. Right. We have 50 wrestling promotions coming out into existence every fucking three months. Right. We have this whole world of growing wrestling, 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 wrestling that this show... With this talent would be the greatest show in 1999. It would be greater and more passive. The problem is, is that we don't realize how well polished of a product this is. We don't realize how much money goes into getting a commercial to play. We don't realize the talent has been seasoned and groomed. Ten Mm -hmm. years ago, some of these talents wouldn't have got these two to three years to train and get to this point. Right. NXT... Uh, remember when Ale- you take a picture of Alexa Bliss when she first came in? Two totally different wrestlers. Mm-hmm. That took five years in NXT to make that happen. Right. So to answer your question, they are getting more of an opportunity right. to flourish and shine. Vince is still giving the same five minutes to people that he gave 20-something years ago. Yeah, that's true. But, but the I- difference is we are competing against a ever growing wrestling market, yeah. A ever growing entertainment entertainment market. market in all fields. And at the end of the day, when you are watching, you're sitting there producing a show, and mm-hmm. you're watching. You have to, as a leader or leaders in a company, you have to figure out what works and what don't work. And the problem is, a lot of people don't realize on the indie scene, a lot of shit does not work and would not work on television because they're two different markets. 
Mm-hmm. And the other part of shit not working is also comes simply down to people not being aware that wrestling is in living color at 110%. So now we have to understand how does this all fucking work? How do we take the same 10 minutes? So now if you know you got more talent and you want to grow a show, what do you have to do? I need a third fucking hour to grow the talent. Okay, so now we have a three-hour Monday Night Raw. We have a potential three-hour Smackdown, Smackdown coming, coming up. Or two hours and a then two, another third and, and, hour to and, rotate around two of a two be split in two half an hours to rotate during right. the week. It's either gonna be like some sports centered theme show where you're gonna be building and compiling up the angles and the storylines and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And we've had this before. You know what it was called? Talking Smack WWE Livewire. Livewire, um the 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 fucking the raw report or whatever. Remember they they had all that shit in nineteen ninety seven. We've they've done it all. Mm-hmm. They've done it all. So it comes down to them. And then you get people like Rusev's wife who puts a picture up. It says, if you want your ratings to raise. Put this me is in a bikini. You, yeah. So now you just single-handedly hurt and destroy the women's business if they did that. Because this is what the girls were fighting to get out of when they were in fucking bikinis. Mm-hmm. So here's a bitch living in an old world train of thought who doesn't even understand that hurts the business. Are you out of your fucking noggin? I don't want to see Lana in a bikini. And Lana's a very she's a decent looking girl. Right. If this, I want to see Lana, other. if I want to see Lana as an athlete wrestling, I want to see her wrestling. But, but if she's a manager slash valet, let her be that. But if we go back to the old days, then that's what we get. And people don't realize going backwards to Steve Austin's point and Steve Austin's era of wrestling, you will realize that that's some of the worst wrestling in the world. But the right performers was in the right place. And again, you I didn't see Avengers Endgame, but anybody who looks at it. It took t- it took ten movies mm-hmm. and o- and, and almost fifteen years to make sure that every person was in the right spot. And when an actor was not out of place, you do like you do in wrestling. We'll edit your ass the fuck out. And Brie Larson, from, I haven't seen it yet, but Brie Larson went from being a dominating role in that film to relegated to less than twelve minutes of screen time. Yeah, in a three hour and a half film. <laughs> yeah, you get what I'm saying. So a lot of people don't realize there's a lot happening. There's attitudes in the back. There's this, there's that. And Sasha Banks has been given, think about it, out of all the new guys coming out of NXT with the least amount of time in the business, Mm -hmm. we just had a whole episode about him. Leo Rush has been giving more microphone time than some of the head wrestlers in the company. Yeah, He's been given more microphone time other than Paul Heyman, he's the second most talking mouth in the show. They're not even using the English guys, uh, Sp- uh, Spud, uh, Rockstar Spud. Yeah. No, they're not. Rockstar Spud can work a mic. Mm-hmm. Rockstar Spud can fucking wrestle. Mm-hmm. Why? Why aren't? They, why isn't he getting a mic? And he has what ten years in the business? Yeah. Proven, proven draw. He came in at the same time as a Marty Scroll. He came in at the same time as a Nick Aldis. About six, seven years ago. You know, he came in at the same time as um what 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 was some of the um other big He came in at the same time as the Bullet Club. Pretty much to say around that time. Yeah. So you got six, seven years of proven he can do it. Mm Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? That becomes a major fucking problem that here's this kid given this, and still with all that scream time, he couldn't massage himself into a main event if he wanted to. So we are getting these people who are getting shine, but we're looking at a well-polished program that is timed down to the second. 
And it can be, I think we, I think maybe they need a grittier product. Maybe, maybe they need to tone it back down a little. Maybe, maybe so. Kevin Nash is right. Maybe you need to go back to Roar's War and, and turn War into that Roar-ass show. Mm-hmm. Where so. shit didn't pop off until a certain time. But WWE is also a publicly traded company. And how and many only people but they so answer to? And there's only but so much that they can do. Right. And I realize that. There's only but so much that they can do. Right. But at the same token, it's like, okay, to... I want you to hold your thought on that. What you were about to say. Hold your thought because we, uh, we need to do something. Hold on. You were saying, Mark, we had to take a, a quick one-minute break to, to adjust something. You were saying? Um, in hindsight, you have all these talents doing what they're doing. Right. I say that being that the WWE has a huge roster, mm-hmm. I say that they should be able to rotate various different talents and give them the opportunity to, to prove themselves to become contenders, to become really good promos, really good interviewers and to see if they can actually become a draw. So you're telling me that hasn't happened? Because that's exactly what's happening for 52 weeks in a row. Okay, so that's been... Okay, now... Fairly, fairly to say, let's be honest, Mark. I, I hear exactly what you're saying, but what you're saying is what they've let happen. What if... What if these people are just... What if Kofi, what if Kofi and Rollins and all these guys are just not as talented as they should be? Or what if the well, talent if they, if is, just, not, is just... It is what it is. They're, they're not, not that great. If they're not that great and they're not that talented, why in the hell are they having the rocket strapped to them so that they can go to the top everybody, and they carry the load for the every, meanwhile? Every, because Vince has to work with what's in that company. Okay. And if you have to... And if you want... The rocket has been strapped. If you're on Raw, the rocket was strapped to you. Mm-hmm. If you if you made it to NXT, you got on the fucking the ship. So how is it that a guy like Baron Corbin is being strapped to the moon, but he's mediocre as shit? Because what you have is people not looking at a business, but putting their emotions and personal opinions in on everything, and they believe that their opinion is law instead of looking at it as what the business is. Or maybe a, a wrestling television show. With lots of sponsorship, mm-hmm. very well polished, and sometimes the answer is simple. As I'm saying again, the right performer is not in the right position, and when they are in the right position, it's not guaranteed to last forever. Steve Austin only had four years on top. Okay, so then we know that, and then The Rock had like six years on top. Less than that. Okay, five, less than that. Okay, three years. Yeah, it, we'll, it's, we'll, it's like a three-year we'll, run. We'll three years. Kurt Angle had about like. Three years three until years, we were like years. it was too much, right? right. Uh, then let me see. Eddie Guerrero, two years. Yeah, he, Chris if he didn't die a he, year. Yeah. Okay. Um, John the, Cena, a good, a, a good, nice, a nice run. Right. You so I mean? the 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 point in the, the the fact is, and and let's keep it real, Mark. If you're not the right performer for the job, no matter what they put behind you, if the fee, people don't want it, the people don't get it. And what if we're just looking at people who are just the, the, the wrestling fan is what... The, rest, the wrestling fan drives who's going to be on top. But but hold, I'll say this. I, I want to agree with what's his name right now, and I hate to admit this, but what if Xavier Woods is right and everybody, the fan, is just fucking entitled and you guys have no idea what it takes just to make a microphone work in this business. What if he's right? And we're, we're not in those locker rooms. We're not sitting in these buildings. We're not understanding what production take. Well, as fans, as, as, as well, as supporters of the business, we're not supposed to know. Or 
You know what I mean? For the average Joe Blow fan, they're not supposed to know what's going on so, backstage. So you know what you know who's been damaging the business then? You want to know what's taking the disbelief out of wrestling? People like Dave Meltzer who tells you what's going to happen before it happens. People who's telling you everything that's happening in the locker rooms. Mm-hmm. You're technically, the wrestling business has been spoiled because if you put the information out there, no one is thinking about their insurance until John Oliver spoke on the insurance. But then everyone's Wait. been talking about unionization of the business. Hold on. Only since the only since wrestlers, the, wrestlers, not the right. fans. So when you when you got someone like John Oliver who has a platform where there's twenty something million viewers a week for his forty something minute show, mm-hmm. people who are not watching wrestling are now privy to what's happening and to what's going on in the wrestling business. Right. So now the fan takes that. And he becomes obsessed with information that he completely does not understand, mm-hmm. and then it stripped the rep part, ripped down, and with and, and it, you have a social justice warrior element that is put into this, and now all of this information is spread out and put into opinion versus fact. Okay, so here's a fact. The fan is giving, Lacey Evans has been given opportunity to fail and fail and fail. But what we don't know is, the average viewer doesn't know, Lacey Evans has been showing her ass in NXT. It's up to the people to accept. When we first talked about the uh, the Hall of Fame show, you said clearly you did not believe Tori Wilson belonged in the Hall of Hall Fame. Because I felt like personally... You know, and, and I'll go back to my argument, and my argument did change. Yes, she did pay her dues. Yes, she did do everything that she could to become and, the, and to earn her Hall of Fame spot. But what did I? But s- in the beginning, I felt like she was just eye candy, ba- based off a of lack of information. What did I say before she went up there? This was the girl next door, and she is the female that helped keep that division together. By that look, by that element, and what she can do until and when w- the Bella Twins came in, until when, when um, of course, but um, but again, came in you don't, and, and Layla L and right, all but these the, others came we in. Can, yeah, we could do the rotisserie of names. The reality is, if it wasn't for her, those girls don't get fucking jobs. If it wasn't for her, Billy Kidman doesn't say let's do a diva search because she needs more to work with. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for her. Half of these, and and how did everyone look at her when she came to the ring? Men and women. They were in awe. What women wanted to be her still, and the guys wanted to sleep with her. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that has been the formula since the fabulous Moolah days. That has been the formula today. So now we can officially look at women standing in the ring, right. not as a fucking item, but as equal to the men and sometimes yet better. Right. These women wouldn't have these belts being made for them. Mm-hmm. Time. A woman getting nine minutes of TV talk time? Sable barely got two minutes and she was power bombing dudes out their jobs. Right. You know what I'm saying? So long story short, I say this to say before we bring this to an end because we've been going for about 40 minutes now. Right. I think, I think people don't realize what it takes. And I think people don't realize it's coming down to 50% of the wrestler's problem, 50% of the writing team not finding a way to stand up to Vince. And it comes down to Vince. But the wrestling scene is not going to grow in ratings. Okay. Now, uh, you brought up a part about the writing team standing up the Vince, right? And they have, and they've been fired. Yes. That's the, that's the end result. So guess what? You need more people to be fired before Vince goes, someone goes, hey, Vince, you fired all the, all the good guys. 
Mm-hmm. You need, you know, think, think about it. It you sometimes somebody got to die, yeah, in order for you to realize what you've lost. Mm-hmm. Vince didn't realize how much he needed that Jerry Springer writer until he burnt them out and sit, and Vince Russo had to leave. Mm-hmm. He burnt Vince Russo out. I don't give a fuck if Cornette hates him or not. Still to say it. Vince Russo had a thousand ideas. We 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 seen all the good ideas, but the other half of the ideas were rejected. But the reality, he burnt them out. The man said I was burnt out. My kids, my this, my this, that, and the other. Get a babysitter, pal, or this, that, and the other, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So when you sit back and you look at this, he had the Hollywood Jerry Springer style writer. And it was working with the filterization of Vince. Mm-hmm. But Vince is no longer capable of being a proper filter. Right. Because Triple H is now a proper filter for mm-hmm. NXT. Right. He's no longer capable of seeing what works, and everybody is getting this show. He's he got an extra hour to give everybody more time to do stuff, and he's still hindering the product. So what it comes down to, Vince needs to see how much he's lost in teams. But here's a fact: wrestling ratings will never go over three or four ever again, no matter how hard they try. Right. There's just too much television, and. We're we're watching over twelve hours of WWE television, and then we got streaming content all over the place, like right. you mentioned. We got a, we, there's a lot. There's a lot to it, and I think wrestling, if there's going to be another boom, and mark my words, at nine forty three on a Monday morning, Monday evening, on a Monday evening, it is going to be literally going down five years from now, and it's going to be one person by the time WrestleMania forty comes around. That everybody's gonna jump on the coattails on, just like Steve Austin. Everybody was on Steve Austin coattails mm-hmm. to this, that, and the other. So that's pretty much it. It's a we can go on this topic for two, three hours. Right, we could. And there's gonna be a day where we're gonna have to fine tune this. But I thought it was just to throw out a general conversation about what we talked about on the phone as you was on exactly. your way here right. about the expansion and shit of wrestling. I want to see wrestling boom. I want to see it grow. I think grow. we all do. But you the know, problem is I think we need to stop saying these guys are not getting their time because they're getting this time. They're getting so much time, and Vince went to the bat to get more time, but he's no longer the right filter before everything hits TV. Right. And I think we need to stop blaming talent. We need to stop blaming the writing team, and I'm not going to blame Vince completely because Vince simply does not know. He didn't have a Mick Foley to pull him aside and say, Vince, I think things need to change. He didn't have that. He doesn't. He does not have that. Everybody's been walking on eggshells since '81. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that I ain't mean, change. I mean, I look at it like this: for change to come, you gotta be open to it. I agree with that. You know, you gotta be receptive to it. It's hard. It's difficult, especially when you feel that the formula that you've been doing has been right. It's just like with what how I feel about uh, the genre of hip hop. I can tell everybody that the greatest genre of hip hop is between 1979 and 1995. And, but I will never discount anything beyond 1996 to now. I also find that. But you, it's easy. Didn't some people could say to you, well, obviously the you, old- ha- you haven't grown with the new generation. Because I'm going to tell you something. Me and Star talked about this to mention his name again. People are shocked that we're up to date. A young, all the young people go. How the fuck do you know? I could tell you the top fifty niggas that's coming out before in the next month. You want to know why? I've been listening. I listen to everything. So you have some people who 
Mark, you're a creature of habit. I so you have of, a habit of not growing past entertainment-wise a certain point. But you know what, though? Being in my day job, I had to learn to adjust because I know what the kids are listening to. Right. I could walk down the street and hit the folks <laughs> like it's nothing. Yeah. I can, I, can, I can do these things because I got young cats yeah, telling but are, me what's But are going you going on. home and researching these guys and learning their yeah, toys and I knowing am. this, that, and I the other, am. and blah, blah, blah. So and if then, I tell you then, who, 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 who's, um, what's their name? Jesus Christ, I'm brain farting right now. So, so if someone said to you, yo, Mark, this, that, and the other, and they go, and they fucked your head up, and this is how you put it to the test. Hold on, and, and and this is how we have to understand. Yo, Mark, who's Megan the Stallion? That I wouldn't be able to tell you. Right, but I can tell you who Migos are. Yeah, but I see, Migos is already five, six right. years in grade. I, I can tell you. Who, I can tell you who Lil, who Lil Nas X is. Oh, I can tell you about old already. Two years too old. Five years too old. Migos is already seven years in. But if I say who's Megan the Stallion? Niggas be like, yo, Dietrich, you know about Megan and Stalin? Fuck y'all niggas talking about it. That bitch came out with her original song, Pimpin' back there in, two, in 2015, did a freestyle on fucking what you call it, battle rapped on URL, this, that, and the other. I could mention 300 bars of this person. And the first thing they go is, how the fuck does this old fuck nigga know? A lot, of, You know, some people, I think what we have is 50% of a generation who goes, damn, the Attitude Era was the best. It's over with. Me personally... I don't think the attitude era was the best. Right, but then that comes down to opinion. But what but because you you know you know what I thought was You're gonna the, say the eighties and the seventies. No, I'm not gonna say that. When? I'm gonna say the mid nineties when it was all about the indies. See, but then again that's if, for me, that that and the reason why I say that mm -hmm. is because from ninety six when I got in and started taking my first bump, my concern was it was beyond just seeing I didn't see WCW and WWE as two warring entities. I saw it as okay, this is the product. Everyone has to keep their eyes on and watch. But at the same token, hold on, Mark. But you're the same guy who was giving wrestlers bad information and telling them not to watch something. Remember, you admit that you was telling guys if they want to be wrestlers, don't watch WWE when they should have been obsessed with everything I telling, wrestling. I was, telling, I was telling my guys that. that was that, bad information. Right. I was telling my guys that because it wasn't even WWE. It was more or less so like every, every okay, the, the product of the time. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I was telling them that because I wanted for them to focus on being themselves. And the reason why I said that was because I was getting away from, okay, for me to be good, I didn't have to watch this and pretend to be so and so and so and so and so and so. So and and and, and the reason why I, the reason why I felt convicted for that because I had someone else tell me like, dude, don't you ain't gotta be no Bret Hitman hard. Now let me interrupt. You ain't here. gotta be so, Mr. Perfect. Be yourself. They were wrong, and you passing that information. So one time, me and Chris, a good friend of ours, we'll say friend of the show, sat down, and I said, "Where's the camera position? I don't worry about that." fuck do you mean well, I don't worry about that Chris the reason why WWE TV works so well is because we know where the camera is at so I sat back and learned that all of you guys wrestling matches wasn't translating over correct because you wasn't focused where the hot point was so if you're not focused where the hot point is how do you know where to place yourself if you don't know how the camera views the ring you know how you learn that WWE that's why the performance center is teaching people how to wrestle to hard cam, how to read the referee 
to let them know what cameras are in what positions to get that spot. Right. And being so, that it's but, the standard, being being that it's the standard, every promotion now has everyone working hard. Right. Cam. But this is why ninety nine percent of those guys couldn't get those deals in WWE. You know who was thinking like that? Loki. You get what I'm saying? So when you sit back and you go, shit, yo, where's the camera going to be at? Now you know how to do your move. So if Pedro's cameras, people always set the cameras up in the corner near the window. Mm -hmm. Then I'm not wrestling left and right. I'm less wrestling 45. Horizontal. You know, yeah, straight up and down, 45. Now I'm wrestling at 45. Because if I'm wrestling at 45, now I know everything I do must go left to right. So if you watch a lot of people matches, they went this way and this way. But the hard angle is this way. Following this way, following this way. So that changes everything. So you have to become magnificently obsessed in order to create great balance. And sometimes we have so much love for this business or we think we know better that if they gave 100% of the people the same budget every Monday Night Raw, they will realize how hard this shit really is. Okay, so maybe in my in, in my in my train of thought back in 1996, oh, and 97. Hold on, I want to say this. I, I forgot this. Men lie, women lie. Numbers contracts don't. and numbers don't. And the numbers prove that the greatest error in wrestling was Steve Austin's error. Yeah, yes, it was. But for me, I'm I'm just saying, and I'm just sticking with my guns on this. Mm-hmm. You know, my philosophy was for me to be good. I didn't have to watch them. There was no need for me to watch them. And the reason why, and, and I said, hold on, bad, let, let, that's no, no, really no, no. Bad. let me, let me. I'm saying, I'm saying it like this because I felt like, for me to evolve as a wrestler, I needed to find my own niche. I needed to find my own thing. And I felt like that philosophy meant something for me because I was looked upon by other guys outside of our circle, and they were looking at me like, "Yo, Mark, you're good. Do your thing like this." So I, I took the philosophy and ran with it. That's why I felt like there was no need for me to watch this all the so time. So a rapper who listens, a rapper who only listens to himself will never be a great rapper. Of course not. A rapper who listens to everybody's music is going to be great. Is going. You know why Jay Z is one of the greatest? Because he does everything. Hold on, but he also said he's listened to everybody's music every day. I listen to all the new music. So Jay is consuming so much hip hop that he knows how to fine-tune it. You know who's going to be the next Steve Austin? The person who takes a piece of The Undertaker, mm-hmm. a piece of Steve Austin, mm-hmm. a piece of Ric Flair. They have to take a piece of all of the greats and then take a piece of a little bit of everyone who did not make it and fine-tune it. You know what it is? And you're right. You know, you're absolutely right. But in my brain, those same guys that was telling me that I was decent and mm-hmm. I was good and I needed to do my own thing, they ridiculed the guys that wanted to be Shawn Michaels. They ridiculed the guys so, that and, wanted and, to be Bret Hart. The they ridiculed the guys that wanted to be so-and-so and so-and-so. All right. I walked into, I walk into, and we're going to end on this. I walk into that, uh, to those feds. I don't want to say no feds names. I walk in there. I'm wearing black tights, mm-hmm. knee pads, boots, this, that, and the other. Everybody ridiculed me but on the low they no one had the confidence you. to do that so if we're imitating the t- a televised product whether wwe or anything the first thing is you gotta look the part right and then after you look the part you gotta be able to it, the problem with wrestling is at that period 
guys wasn't trying to mimic it, how do you know where to go if you don't know your history? And just because you can mention 10,000 pounds of wrestlers, knowing your history is knowing television presentation. Mm -hmm. If you want to be an actor, you go to acting school. Right. Because you want to know acting presentation. And you study the best actors. Right. But who, But if you tell someone, don't study no actors, you just destroyed their careers. I got you. If you, did, if you tell them, don't watch no French films, and then they go to France to make a film, you just created 50 failures if there's 50 people in that room who heard that and don't even realize that you did it. Okay, well, like I said, I was I was entitled to my opinion back then. Oh, yeah, it no might one's not, on, It uh, might not have been the best opinion, but I just felt like, hey, what I thought would work would work. Right. You know? And it might not have worked for anybody else. It might have worked for me. But I also felt like, hey, maybe I need to go back and do study a little something. Yeah, and also you got to think about it. Your goal points, it's hard to tell someone else what to do in the ring when everyone goal points. If your goal was never to be in WWE and you say, okay, I know I wouldn't have cut it in WWE, then if anyone asks you what to do in the ring, you got to discover that for yourself, brother. But then what I can probably do now is I wouldn't give them the wrong information. Or, I would I would tell them study as much of the product as you can. As, study course, everything. You got to become obsessed with it. Yeah. You know, but, and that's and that's pretty much where it is. It's a lot of judgment being placed on WWE right now. And the problem is Vince and Triple H don't know how to lose. And if it did come to a war, they're going to know a way to win. They're going to win. And I think the trick is is for no one to go to war with Vince ever again. But healthy competition is needed. They don't need no more competition. But when, a, but when I say healthy competition, I'm talking about a variety, just like a, a different variety. You know what I mean? So that they can see that there's not only just the main show, but there's also alternatives. Let's say fuck. I'm 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 gonna give you a piece of advice I gave a friend of ours, Justin, who we do another show with, and something I've been preaching for a long time. There's no such thing as competition. And I want people in the sound of my voice to hear this. There's no such thing as competition. It's all imaginary. There's too much TV for you to compete. There's too much wrestling to compete. If you make it to the NBA, there's no such thing as competition. You are now part of an elite class of 500 men who are in the NBA. In a system where they interplay and interact with each right. other. Right. And no matter... No, sim simplify that. Sim let's simplify it. There's no such thing as competition. Okay. You make it to the NBA, they create a championship. They create a... They may say you're competing, but the goal is just to make it to the NBA. The goal is to make it to the WWE. How can you compete to become the WWE champion when they're selecting the champion? Right. And your wins and losses. We could go around circles in this. Yo, Mark, thank you so much. No doubt, my Let's, man. You know well, hold on, hold on. We'll do that. Let me, <laughs> let me, and let me, let me get the. This is once again episode number sixty-three of Wrestlers with Experience with myself, Mark, myself, Dietrich Davis, and, and Mark, Mark Morell. Um, let's try another the double talk on each other. That, that oh, I gotta let, fix that audio at all times. Let's but, try that again. Nah, let's close out because I want to get this done. And, so, and she wants to eat. We're recording the crib. This should be your theme song, Mark. I'm gonna send this to you. The Hypnotic Brass Assembly. Please the do. Theme song I love war. that. I love that. Let me just play it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're closing out the show. Thank you so much. Thank you.